Welcome to Oaks Church, where we grow great lives and build big people. Thank you for checking out our podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by this life-changing message from Pastor Joel Scrivener. For more information, visit us online at oakschurch.com or follow us on social media at Oaks Church Texas. This series I mentioned earlier in, this, uh, in our broadcast this morning is the most important message of Jesus. It's the pinnacle message of Jesus. We're calling it Upgraded, but it's about understanding the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one of the most mysterious and oftentimes misunderstood parts of the Godhead. We understand that God is three parts, just like we humans are three parts. God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We humans are spirit, soul, and body. We have a a triune created uh, expression inside of our physical bodies, and it's part of the imagery of who God is. It's one God, one God, one true God, but he's Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so today, as we jump into this message on understanding the Holy Spirit, I want to talk to you about this concept of being upgraded. I don't know about you, but I like getting upgraded. I like, uh, and I know that those of you that have ever rented a car, uh, if you get the cheap car, it's like this long. And and I've been downgraded when renting a car and it wasn't very much fun. I've been upgraded when renting a car and it's much better. I like getting upgraded if I'm staying at a hotel and all of a sudden I'm in a better room than I thought I was going to be. And that's a lot of fun. As a kid, I I really enjoyed getting upgraded when we would go out to eat. And and the town in Oklahoma that I grew up in, we, we had, uh, a little steakhouse called the Golden Corral. Uh, and maybe there was a sizzler there too. Some of y'all remember those uh, restaurants. And, and then if it was a good night, if it was a special, a fancy night, we would go to Steak and Ale. Some of you remember Steak and Ale, don't you? Oh my goodness, so fancy. Uh, but that was an upgraded moment. But the upgraded moment that happens in our lives currently typically happens probably around your cell phone. You're constantly coming into new uh, seasons. Each year, a new version of your phone comes out. Uh, and, and I just want to show you, there are many of you watching right now with your parents, and you don't, you've never seen certain types of phones. We have a few images of some of those phones uh, that we want to throw up here because my children have never seen a landline uh, in their whole lives. Uh, they never saw a home phone. They've only seen cell phones. And so some of these phones, I mean, they went from looking like uh, weird R2-D2 uh, robots and stuff. I, I remember them about here and, and then maybe down. Oops, I'm kicking stuff around. I uh, don't want to mess anything up in here. Uh, but, but we start remembering what they look like down here. But when you go to the actual modern day cell phone and you begin to look at the images that are connected to that, we, we see a, a, a massive production. Does anybody remember the brick? Remember the brick phone? Uh, these things were huge. There was actually a bag phone before this. Um, I think I had th- this one right here. Uh, definitely had that one. Uh, and I had the black Blackberry, and they, they, they move on. But these, this is the evolution of a cell phone that we have seen and experienced in the last 30 years or so. And this is how communication has constantly evolved. Um, parents actually had to be good parents and spend time with their children instead of sticking a little bitty screen in front of their face uh, to entertain them. They had to be real involved. Many of us, when we would drive down the road and go on road trips, we had these in-car games that we would play, like bingo. We had these little things that we would play road trip bingo and, and the, the, the name game and all these different things. Now everyone's got their own personal screen and we're watching TV and oftentimes live stuff right there inside of our hand. It didn't used to be that way. That's 
an upgrade. That's advancement. And my understanding is that whatever the latest version of the cell phone is that you have right now, they've already got like the next four or five versions already ready, but they haven't rolled them out yet because they got to keep you wanting a little bit more, right? But I want to talk to you today is if we understand that the speed of technology moves like that, we understand that the that technology is ever advancing. How about the kingdom of God? See, Jesus actually uh, declared many things about new eras and new times and things that were going to be coming on the scene. In fact, there's a passage that talks about the Messiah, and it says of his kingdom and his government, it is ever advancing. It's ever increasing. Can I tell you that God's kingdom advances and expands faster than the speed of light, faster than the speed of technology? God's kingdom is ever advancing. And what I would love to present to you today is it's possible. There is a potential that you may be due for an upgrade. There's more for you. In fact, it's actually arrogant for any of us to think that we already have every ounce of everything that God might want to deliver into our lives. That would be a very arrogant position. No, I already have it all. I've already got everything. It's possible that God has something new that he wants to pour into your life. It's possible that he has a new level or a new layer. See, I don't know how it is for you, but I'm constantly getting peeled in this life like an onion, and I'm coming into new layers of understanding of some of the things that are inside of me. I wish I could tell you how great I am all the time and how good I am at, at being this good little Christian kind of guy, but there are times where I realize that, man, there's still a lot of stuff that God's working on inside of me, and maybe you could relate to that too. We're all God's workmanship in progress, and the good news is he's not done with you, and he's not done with me. He's going to finish the work that he has begun. And each and every one of us. This passage that I'm going to read to you in just a second helps us to understand that the Holy Spirit is God's communication upgrade. The purpose for the Holy Spirit, and I mentioned that this is the most important, this is the last message. The message that I'm sharing to you comes from the last moments that Jesus was uh, walking as a free man with his disciples. He had la la left the Last Supper uh, where he uh, declared that one person was going to betray him. He said that one of them was a demon, is what he literally said. Can you imagine that Jesus actually saying that? Wow, it's powerful. But he's walking now with his disciples, and they're going to the Garden of Gethsemane. They have no idea what they're going towards, but Jesus knew. This is the last free moments that he would have. And in his last moments, he had one main message to share with them, and it was the message of the Holy Spirit. He was telling them, I'm going somewhere else and you can't come with me right now. One day you will, but you can't come with me right now. But don't worry, I'm sending you an upgrade. Can you look at this verse with me? This verse is found in John chapter 14, verse 15. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you. That word advocate is the word parakletos. It literally means a helper, someone that comes alongside of you. It's translated to mean a comforter, a counselor, a teacher, a guide. This is an amazing gift that Jesus is talking about. I'm giving you an advocate to help you and be with you forever. Can you say forever? Forever. 
the Holy Spirit will be with you forever. It was not a temporary thing. It was not a one-time thing. It was a forever thing. In fact, the promise of the Holy Spirit was for you, for your children, your children's children, and everyone who would ever be called to believe in faith in the name of Jesus Christ. This is an eternal promise that we have because it's part of who God is that now has the opportunity to live inside of you. This is an upgraded experience. Watch this. Jesus says in this passage, the world cannot accept him, this spirit of truth, because it neither sees him nor knows him. Watch, but you know him. Right now, you're listening to my voice. You've been called by Jesus Christ. You've been called into his family. And he has a spirit, his own spirit, that he has released into the world. The scripture says that no one comes to God unless the spirit draws them. And you do know him. That's what Jesus declared. You do know him. For he lives with you. Watch and he will be in you. Jesus, in this moment, explains to his disciples that they had been experiencing one level with his Holy Spirit. They already knew him. He'd already been with them. But there was a new level, a new experience that was coming that the Holy Spirit would come and be in them, would live in them. See, the, the promise was that we would be the temple of the Most High God and that the Holy of Holies, where the Spirit the living God would dwell would be inside of your heart. God lives in your heart by his Holy Spirit. The Spirit has been with you. See, this is easy to understand for many of us who at times of our life lived far away from God. And, and, but we, we could still feel that there were these moments where God was drawing us back. His spirit was, was with us. Can I tell you, there are times in my teenage years that I shouldn't have made it. I shouldn't be alive. I was living so recklessly, so carelessly. I could have been taken out at any moment, but somehow the Holy Spirit was with me and kept drawing me back and drawing me back. And he's working on you too. You may have a teenager who's off the path right now. Can I tell you, pray in mamas and pray in grandmas and praying dads and, and praying aunts and uncles, your prayers make a massive difference. Don't give up. Don't stop praying. The Holy Spirit is working on your loved ones. The Holy Spirit is with your loved ones. See, we're in a place right now where we're commanded by our local and national governments to separate but it goes completely against the nature of who we are as human beings because God says, guess what? It's not good for you to be alone. That's actually God's perspective. It's not good for you to be alone. He said to Adam, I'm gonna make you a helper. And it's good for us to be together. It's good for us to be with each other. And we have to be very careful and very responsible right now as we do that, right? And make sure that we're staying safe and we're, and we're, and we're following rules and all of that thing. And this is a temporary situation that we find ourselves in. And we have to make the most of it. See, the world has never seen uh, in our modern era, we've never, none of us in our lifetimes have seen this type of an experience. We've never seen things like this unfold where entire uh, cities are shut down and nations are shut down. The whole world is on lockdown. We've not seen that in our modern era before. But there have been other times in history where things like this have happened. And in those moments in history are when the church of Jesus Christ shined brighter than ever before. God is shaking things up. This is a scary time. This is an uncertain time. There's a lot to pray about. But God is in control. 
And the scriptures declare that when a shaking comes, that God's kingdom is unshakable. And anything that can be shaken will, but the unshakable kingdom of God remains forever. And it says, because God is an all-consuming fire. That fire that I mentioned last week, and if you missed that message, go back and watch it again. When it says about to stir up the gift of God that's in you by the laying on of my hands, Paul declared. It literally is talking about a living fire that's inside of you. That fire is the spirit of the living God. When you accept and move to an upgraded relationship. And can I just tell you that we don't have time, we don't have the luxury right now in our modern day and age to squabble about doctrine. Doctrines. Well, I don't think that's for today, or I don't think that's for anymore. Listen, frankly, we don't have time to be that petty. If God has something, we need it now. If there's power for us as believers, we need it right now. We don't have time or the luxury to say, oh, well, that gift is not for me, or that gift is not, or that thing's expired, or whatever. Man, forget that, y'all. We need the power of God in our lives, and God has given us that power by the Holy Spirit, and every single one of us need to open up our hearts, our minds, our souls to receive every single thing that God has for us in your life. Don't sit back and be arrogant in this era thinking you have everything you need when God is shaking stuff up and his people need more of him. And you may just be the person that needs to have an upgrade because there are countless people in your circles that need to hear from God and they don't know how, but God will speak through you. Come on, we can't be selfish in a time like this. No, I'm good. I'm good. I, maybe you have that gift or you have that gift. No, we can't be selfish. It's time for us to, as Paul the apostle said, to covet the great gifts of the Holy Spirit. Did you know that the gifts of God, the gifts of God's power are voice activated? Do you know that? They're voice activated. We See, along these same lines of technology, uh, we have the ability to talk to our phones now. And I'm not going to say her name because I don't want her to talk to me right now and interrupt this broadcast. But you know her name, right? And we can say, hey, so-and-so, or hey, so-and-so, and our phone will start talking to us. It's voice activated. The gifts of power in God's kingdom are voice activated. Interestingly, that when it describes the gifts of power of the Holy Spirit, it talks about tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, words of wisdom, words of knowledge, uh, spirits of discernment, supernatural gifts of faith. Did you know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God? Uh, miracles and healings that happen out of the declaration of what God has done through the blood and the stripes of Jesus Christ. Every single one of the gifts of power are connected to your mouth. They're voice activated and you can either sit back and discount and turn your mouth off and live a lower life or you can upgrade your life by engaging your mouth and declaring what God is declaring in the earth today. We don't have the luxury to sit around and say, oh, well, I'm not comfortable with tongues. I'm not comfortable with prophecy. I'm not comfortable. Come on, forget about your comfort level. 
There's nothing comfortable about this experience right now. Nothing comfortable. It's not comfortable to not have your favorite restaurants and your favorite stores and your favorite activities and your favorite social experiences. Nothing about this has anything to do with your comfort. Can I tell you, God is not that concerned with your comfort right now. He's concerned with your safety. He's concerned with your spirit. He's concerned with your spiritual life and where you'll spend eternity. See, I I got a call today that one of my uncles went to be with Jesus just today in Atlanta, Georgia. Uncle Jim was an amazing man, an amazing pastor. And he had been out of touch for a number of days. My parents had been trying to get a hold of him. And when they finally did, he was in ICU and it hasn't been confirmed yet, but he had all of the he had all of the, the symptoms that are going around right now that people are so afraid of. And they had him on a ventilator, a respirator, and, and he was struggling with the respirator and the nurse was trying to get him to put it back on, put it back on. And he looks at her and he says, no, I've got to go. I've got to go right now. And he slipped into eternity and he's in the face and the presence of Jesus Christ right now. Can I tell you that worst case scenario for us as believers It's the end goal. I know we don't want to hear that right now, but worst case scenario, it's the end goal. We want to be in the presence of Jesus. We want to be in the face of Jesus. We want to be in eternity. When it's over for us, we win. But there are people all around you that don't have that hope yet. And we can't sit back and be shy. We can't sit back and be ashamed. We can't sit back and be arrogant about what we think we already have or don't have. It's time for all of us to open ourselves up for more of the Holy Spirit in our lives because it's simply not about you or me. It's about who God is trying to call into his kingdom in this era. Your mouth has to be activated. You have to be declaring the things that God is declaring in your life and in the lives of other people around you. Jesus continues talking about this advocate, this helper. You have a helper. You have a comforter. You have a counselor, the Holy Spirit. You have access to the mind of God in his spirit to come and live inside of you. He says this in verse 25. All this I have spoken while I'm still with you. But the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. This is how the disciples 20 and 30 and 50 years later would write out the conversations they had with Jesus as they wrote their gospel messages. Uh, this is, those were decades later and they would write out and their conversations would be recorded at different times in different places without them working together. They were in different cities in different parts of the world recording their version of the gospel and so many parts of them were word for word same stories, the three synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are so close, so almost identical. Only one gospel has a completely different perspective, the gospel of John. And it's why it's so special is it's the only gospel written by someone inside of Jesus's inner circle, Peter, James, and John. And by actually the one who laid his head on Jesus's chest at that last supper, John was incredibly close to Jesus. And he writes his gospel from a perspective that's about that type of intimacy with Jesus. It's an incredible book that you should read, especially in a time like this. But we've got to be people that are open to what the Holy Spirit has for us in our lives. He goes on to say this, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. The Father will send him. He'll teach you all things, remind you of everything that I've said. And watch this. He says, peace 
I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Jesus is giving you his peace in this time of chaos in our world, confusion in our world, terror and fear in our world. Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, is giving you peace. Peace unto you, my peace I give you, and I don't give it like the world gives it. There's no strings attached. There, there's nothing that you, there's no, there's, an, it, there, there's, there's no exchange that goes back and forth of some way you have to earn this. You simply receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you, it is God's will for you to have an upgraded experience with the Holy Spirit. It is God's will for you to go to that next level. See, the message of Jesus Christ and the message uh, of this Holy Spirit was declared by a prophet named Joel hundreds of years before it actually happened. And he said that in that last times, the spirit would be poured out upon all flesh and the sons and daughters would prophesy and old men would dream dreams and young men would have visions. This is an amazing thing that God would do pouring his spirit out and it's not ending, it's ever advancing, it's ever increasing. And this is a time and an era where God is shaking things up. He's taking us out of our comfort zones and he's demanding that we evolve and we move into a place where we have a greater, a greater outpouring and an upgrade of his Holy Spirit in our lives. Are you due for an upgrade? I, I know I am. I need more of the Holy Spirit in my life. I need more of his presence. I need more of his closeness. I need more of his intimacy. I have two, uh, two or three great habits in my life. I'm not necessarily on any level the best person. I got a lot of flaws. Uh, I got a lot of stuff to work on. Um, but I have a couple really good habits that have changed my life forever. The, the number one habit that I have is, is I repent really fast when I mess up. That's my number one good habit. I repent really fast and I come back to Jesus when I mess up. There are a lot of times where people, they'll mess up and then they get caught up in their head focusing on what they did wrong and the enemy wants you there. The enemy wants you feeling like you're unworthy and, and God doesn't want to see you and he doesn't want to, that's just absolutely a lie. When you mess up, you, you repent fast and you get back in the presence of God really quick. That's the most important thing you could do. The, the second thing that I do is I have a habit of, prayer and reading my Bible. That, that is super important in my life. I, I do a number of different things. I pray in the Holy Spirit like crazy. I hope that you do too. Paul, the apostle said, I pray in tongues more than all of you. And I wish that all of you would pray in tongues. And I want even more that you would prophesy because when you prophesy, you build up and you edify the church and the body of people around you. Come on. I want you to do it all just like Paul did. I want you to enter in and pray and pray supernatural prayers and spirit, spirit led prayers and to hear from from the voice of God and declare God's word over the people around you in your lives. We don't have any time to spare, guys. We must get on the ball about this and move into that place where we are hearing the voice of God and seeking the voice of God. Many of you that know me know that that third habit that I have is journaling. I journal on a regular basis. I write my prayers out to God. It's very therapeutic for me. It's cathartic. It helps me to get out my feelings, my emotions. And I ask God questions and I ask him to speak to me and I wait until he does. And I write down what I feel like 
like God is saying to me. And then I check it against scripture. See, there are a lot of people that can say a lot of crazy stuff that God has told them and God has said. And that's why we have the Bible as our litmus test. We check. It says that we are to test prophecy. And the way that we do that is we measure what we feel like we're hearing with what we know God has already said in his perfect and infallible word, the Bible. So the Bible is not everything God will ever say. It's just a cross section. In fact, the Bible itself declares that if everything Jesus said and did had been recorded, it could not fit in all of the books and all the libraries in all the world. Jesus did so much in those three years of his ministry on earth. There was too much to record. So the Bible is a cross section of what God is like so that we now can see and recognize and then jump off into a living, breathing relationship that is that even exceeds and supersedes and goes into a place where now God can lead us into things that we don't have a record of him saying, but we have a record of him saying things like that. It's in his nature. It's in his character to do so and be that way. So today, as I was praying, God gave me four things. He spoke four things to me. There are four, uh, actually five R words that he spoke. Number one, he said, relax. Someone, you need to hear that right now. Relax and rest. Those are the two first things. That's what this season is about. Relax and rest. Slow down a little bit. Stop fear-mongering. Don't allow yourself to get caught up in hype and fear and whatever. Yes, be responsible. Yes, be prepared. Yes, have some extra food. But we don't need to be people that get caught up in the chaos and the crazy. We are people of peace. We carry his peace. So walk in wisdom and carry his peace. Amen? So relax and rest. And then he said this, remember all the good. There's so much good for us to remember so many good things that we still have access to. We, we have now more time with our children. We have more time with our family. We, we have a lot of good going on in our lives right now. And we've got to remember and focus on the good. And then he said, relate to people and prioritize relationships. We've got to constantly be relating to what other people may be going through right now. We need to be thinking about other people. We need to be reaching out and maybe we can't get together like we used to right now. We will in the future. This will pass in time and we will get back to life but not as usual, this is going to change our world. We're all going to evolve through this and we can allow this to make us better and more effective than ever before. But in the meantime, we've got to constantly be thinking, who can I reach out to? Who can I check up on? Who can I maybe help? We, we've been overwhelmed. I'm so grateful. And many of you may, be, uh, may want to be a part of helping us uh, as we kind of develop a really strong uh, prayer line and prayer ministry where people can call in and, and have a touch point for prayer and, and, and really make that type of a connection. We've got a number of people that are really wanting to help. If there are any elderly that they can help grab things for, or run errands for, or whatever, uh, to pick up prescriptions or things like that. There's going to be lots of opportunity that you now have to really be the church. We can't do the things in the large gatherings like we used to right now, but we can still be the church of Jesus Christ. We've just got to get creative right now. We got to think outside of the box and you have a part to play in that. Amen? Amen. So I want to take you to just a really quick historical note and I want to make a declaration over you. But there have been three eras inside of our ancient church history where there were pandemics that were released in the earth. 
in the second century was one of the first times that we will recall in, in, in actual modern church history. The third century and then the sixth century. In um, doing some reading and looking at some of the things that historians had declared over those seasons, that those specific times of, 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 of epidemic and pandemic were literally, there were, there were seasons in the second century where 60% of the population of certain cities died in the plague. That bodies were literally just left on the street. They didn't even bury them. And, and it was in those times where the church of Jesus Christ actually arose. And it's why the, the response and the reaction of Christians during those times where everyone else was fleeing and everyone else was running and everyone else was living in chaos and turmoil, it was the Christians who arose and actually acted like Jesus and actually loved people and cared for people and took care of the sick and took care of the dying, took care of the elderly. It was how the Christians responded in three massive pandemics that were hundreds of years ago that killed countless thousands of people. In those times, historians record that was actually the time that caused the church of Jesus Christ to explode in influence and to explode in its acceptance. This is a great awakening. This is a great awakening. This is a new season. Guess what? It's our time. This is our time to be the light of the world. It's our time to maximize this moment, to make the most of every opportunity. We have a chaotic horrible reality that is released in our world and it's temporary and we have a moment to catch and to bring in an incredible harvest. There are people that would have never gone to a church. They would have never watched to a video like this, but this is the season and this is the time for us to share and get the message of life out because God is not done with our nation. God is not done with our with his people. God is not done with his church. He's not done with you. He's got more for you and you've got to believe and you've got to attach your faith to this and you've got to open yourself up for the Holy Spirit to come into your life and be real and be powerful inside of you. This is our time. One more verse I want to read to you today. Romans chapter 8 verse 14. It declares, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Watch this. Instead, that is such a big statement right there. You, I'm gonna, I have to stop and rest on that. You have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. You have not received that spirit. You've not received a spirit of fear. You've not received a spirit to become a fearful slave, but you have received instead God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba, Father. That means daddy. You've been adopted into a nurturing, loving, adoring daddy-God relationship with the creator of the universe. We call him Abba, Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. Watch this. For all creation is waiting eagerly for that future day when God will reveal who his children really are. 
All of creation is waiting for this day when God will reveal who his children really are. This is our day. This is our time. This is our era. And those who are led by the Spirit, those are the children of God. My last point for you today, simply to be led by the Spirit. Live your life by the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Number one, you have to upgrade your operating system. We understand with computers, with phones, with technology, there are operating systems. That's how the whole thing works. It's how the whole thing operates. The Holy Spirit is your operating system. You have to ask the Holy Spirit. You have to receive the Holy Spirit to come into your heart, to come into your life. He has been with you and now he can be in you as Jesus declared, but you have to ask him in. You have to receive him in. And when he comes in, he fills you with power. We're going to go into that. There's so much more that we're going to go into in these next few weeks to help you understand the Holy Spirit and how to walk in his power so that you can be the powerful, powerful, inspired version of yourself that he has designed for you. All of creation is waiting for you to arise. All of creation is waiting for the children of God to be revealed. And this is our time. This is our era. The next thing that you got to do is dial into the Holy Spirit in prayer and meditation. There's another verse in this passage, Romans 8, where it talks about uh, in, in verse 26, it says that the Holy Spirit will help us in our weakness. And that one of the examples is when we don't know what to pray, when we're so overwhelmed, we don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit will intercede on our behalf and literally give us syllables and, and, and utterances and groans uh, that, that we don't understand in our natural mind, but it's the Holy Spirit praying through us. The Holy Spirit praying through us and says specifically that you're praying God's perfect will when you do that. We've got to open ourselves up to pray in a new way where the Holy Spirit literally flows through us and it comes because we ask him to do it. We ask him to come in and we come into a place where when we pray, we meditate and we get into a, a, a mind where we're focusing on the Holy Spirit. We're asking him to pray through us and speak through us and then we're opening ourselves up to that. That. We're reading his word and we're meditating on it. That word meditate, it comes from, from the word for chew. We're chewing on it. We're yeah. thinking about it. Yes. We're taking it in. We're salivating on it. We're digesting it. We've got to get into a place, guys, where we're, we're opening ourselves up for the Holy Spirit to speak to us and through us and in us so that we can actually go out and the final thing is practice walking in the Spirit. What does that mean? Practice walking in the Spirit. I saw my wife do that a couple times so beautifully in the last couple of days where she was either on the phone with someone or she was talking to someone and she's like, hold on, stop. Let's pray right now. Let's take authority over that right now. Let's do this right now. That's walking in the Holy Spirit. That's being led by the Holy Spirit. The, hey, I'll pray for you later. That's not what this, the, we don't have time for I'll pray for you later. It's right now. It's right now. If you feel like praying later, pray now. Let's move. Yeah. Obey the Holy Spirit. Step into what you're supposed to step into and be led by the Holy Spirit. If you have a nudge, if you have an urgency, if you have a sense of I should maybe do this or I should maybe say this, obey. Those who are led by the Spirit, those are the children of God. And the whole of creation is waiting for you to arise. I want to pray for you and I want to pray um, over you, and I'm going to lead you in a prayer as well. 
And I want to give you an opportunity. You may, you may be watching this and, and you're the, you, you would consider yourself the farthest thing from a Christian, but somehow someone shared this message with you and you're like, I want this Holy Spirit that you're talking about, Joel. I want this relationship yes. with God that you're talking about. Come on, this is your moment. That's why you were shared this message. That's why you're watching this right now is you're not supposed to do life alone. You're not supposed to go through this on your own power. You're not supposed to go through this on some antiquated uh, operating system. God has a new way for you. He has a new upgrade for you in your life. And it starts by simply saying yes to Jesus. Would you just say that wherever you are right now? Just say yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I say yes to you. Come into my life. I put my faith in you. I'm not going to live for myself. I'm going to live for you. I ask you now to give me your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I receive the Holy Spirit in my life. And I choose right now to operate in and be led by the Holy Spirit. Teach me, Jesus. Speak to me inside my heart. Help me to recognize your voice. Tell me things to do. Give me ideas of what to do. And give me the courage to do them. I want to be led by your spirit. I want to be a child of God. I want to arise in this time and be who God has designed me to be. My life belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you meant it, a miracle just happened in your life. You are saved. Jesus Christ is in your life. He has washed you. He has cleansed you. The Holy Spirit has come into your life. You do have his power. You do have access to him. It's already done. It's already happened. And I'm so grateful that we have this opportunity to share this message with you. We hope this message has blessed your life. And if it has, we want to invite you to sow into what God is doing here at Oaks Church. It's as simple as going to oakschurch.com and clicking the Give button. On behalf of Oaks Church, thanks again for listening and have a great week.